What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do, in every space that you occupy. Hey, I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm Conroy Smith. I got Antonio Morton with here with me. He's my other co-host. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Y'all ready for another episode? You get ready. Like I said, I'm I'm never alone. He's always with never. me. He's never. always by your side. Like he's uh, never Austin. gonna get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to MSW Media. Um, we are on their platform. Take a look at their website. They have plenty of awesome podcasts that you can uh, take a look at. Also, before we jump into anything, give us a like, comment, and share and a review because we want to know on, what y'all think. Out. Right? I think we sound good. What do you think? We got good stuff. Y'all and if we don't, with it. our guests for sure do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially this one. Yes, yes. And we got an awesome episode for you today. Let's just jump right in. Let's go. Guys, we have a special guest on the podcast today. This person is a social worker and is a recent podcast host called Letters by Love. Check it out. We got Sai Love on the podcast today. Sai, welcome. Hey. You're going to do your little tag that you do? Hey, Nuggies. Hey, Nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Guys, I'm excited for this episode today because Sai and I actually work together, and she is probably the best human on this earth. She loves hard. She laughs hard. She's a lot of fun. So you guys are in for it today. <laughs> we're excited. Um. So, yeah, we're going to jump right in. Sai, where did you grow up and what was your upbringing like? Um, I'm born and raised in San Diego, California. Um, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, my My mom was a single mom up until about sixth grade. And then she got remarried to my awesome stepdad um, and they've been together ever since. And now it's just us five of my family who live together. And um, yeah, so, but pretty much been in San Diego my whole life, um, left for college and lived in Reno for like five years, um, lived in Washington for a little bit, and then ultimately ended back up in San Diego. Sunny San Diego. Can't beat it. <laughs> so... So why social work? Um, so I mean, ever since I was little, I've always loved to to help people. And when I graduated college, I really was like, okay, I know I'm not done with school, but I just didn't know what direction um that I wanted to go in. And my sister, she had some some pretty bad mental health stuff happening um while she was in high school and and watching her kind of go through that without the assistance that, you know, that population and age group really needs really kind of drove me to continue my education. Um, and so now I get to be in the position where I can offer, you know, help and guidance to that population. Um, and, you know, specifically that teenage group, it's, it's pretty bad, especially with how social media is today. Um, and so being able to like watch it firsthand, you know, watch it kind of take her down a little bit, um, 
provided me with the drive to be like, okay, I want to be able to do more for this age group. And I feel like because I'm younger, I can connect with them a little bit more um, versus like, you know, someone older trying to give them a lecture about something. So luckily I get to work with a bunch of different populations and really just help families and kids and like nothing, nothing like it sets my soul on fire than helping those people. So what, what kind of sparked it you mentioned was your little, was your sister. Now, are you referring more towards like the teenage years or are you referring more of like the Gen Z year? Um, teenage years, I think, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what year you were born, the teen, the, just that teenage time, it's so crucial. You're, you know, you're figuring out so much of who you are and your identity and it kind of feels like the world against yourself. So if I can be even 1% of a helping hand, um, you know, to that age group, whether it's figuring out what they want to do next or, you know, figuring out their like family systems and stuff like that, it, it's really nice to see them, you know, if I've met someone a year ago and I meet them again in a, a couple months or, you know, the following year and seeing how much they have grown is really something special that I I just really love to watch. And guys, Sai is a recent graduate master's degree correct <laughs> yes sir MSW. and yeah yeah I, I i didn't add that in the intro but she is a recent graduate of U, usc and that's the southern california not south carolina yeah <laughs> the university of southern california go trojans um yeah i got my master's just a couple weeks ago so it's post- oh, it was a couple really hit me, hit me. Oh, what wow. was your degree in uh, in undergrad, it was in human development and family studies and um, developmental disabilities. And then when I was applying to schools, I never thought in a million years I would get into USC. And so I kind of applied just for fun and ended up getting in and got an email at like 11 o'clock at night. And I don't even know why I was awake, but I was awake and I saw the email come in and I was just bawling, crying because I just couldn't believe that I had gotten into my dream school um, and and absolutely loved the program and loved the teachers. And I met so many people and other social workers that really are like, you know, they're they're my friends now that I've spent so much time with them. That's amazing. You know, I, when you were talking about like your your sister and kind of um, some of the mental health struggles that she went through, I think about my little sister um, with similar things happening, especially in her teenage years. Why do you think, in your opinion, why do you think like, like it's such a mental health is such a hard, or I guess it hits the teenage years like so hard. Oh, I feel like that's a loaded question. It is, <laughs> but yes. um, it there's so much that goes into it. You know, starting from just the person's own family and like their own culture and ethnicity and stuff really plays a large role into it. Um. But then also just the fact that society is forever changing and sometimes in a positive way and sometimes sometimes in a negative way. And so, you know, we don't see the normalization of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it is, there's always still some backlash. And so, you know, as a, as a teenager, when you're figuring out all this stuff, you really don't know who to turn to. You're trying to manage, you know, maybe multiple friend groups or sports or, you know, depending on what kind of like neighborhood you live in what's happening in your neighborhood and there's just so many different factors that that play into it so 
when they don't have the outlets that they need, that's when I feel like things like really hit the fan. Yeah. Tony and I talk a lot about, um, cause Tony's in grad school right now as well. Um, and we talk a lot about how, like in the, in the black community, how it's just mental health is just not a thing. Like it is more now. And I can only imagine, you know, even like in our small town that we grew up in, it's really wasn't a thing. And for my like little sister or even friends that we know have gone through, um, mental health crises, it's like, how, how do they find help or like, how do they, you know, put language to it? I know Tony talks a lot about, um, what was you, what do you say, Tony? Like when you name it, you can, you can like get through uh, it or something like name it to tame it. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you're saying, Sai, is like giving them language to describe how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tony, I'm for sure going to steal that. I'm going to start saying that at work now. (laughs) Um, it's, it's very true. You like, if if anyone can do anything, if they're given the resources and that's the thing is, is a lot of people don't know that help is out there, that there are resources out there, whether, you know, your insurance covers it or like you it's, it's free or it's at your school. Um, and it's, you know, the hardest part is asking for help. And then once you're there, I feel like that's when it's a little bit easier to open up. Um, but it's, it's really just about making, making it known to really everyone that it's available to them. How does your family like view, like your passion in your pursuit of social work? Um, they, they love it. They, um, I feel like some of them have definitely, you know, along with just family friends and stuff have always had, uh, maybe an opposite opinion about, Oh, you're not going to make any money or that's so sad and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it's never been about, you know, how much I make a year or, you know, how sad I may be because at the end of the day, like those people that I'm helping, like I said, even if it's just 1%, I know that at least I tried my best to make a little bit of a difference in their life. And that's what matters to me. And so my parents are extremely, extremely proud of me and truly, you know, a big part of why I do what I do, because my parents have always set such a good example on, you know, just treating people extremely kindly and just, you know, valuing family and friends because of how important they are and really just surrounding myself with people who would want nothing but the best for me. And, you know, my parents have done a really good job at kind of like setting, like I said, setting that example. So talk to us about how your faith informs the way you show up in your career. Um, so I, I grew up very Christian um, household. I, I still go to church with my family every Sunday. Um, if it's not in person, we're watching it online in the living room. But uh, I think I think that's that's the tricky part about social work is we really go into it with a non-biased view. Um, and so I am constantly seeing different, you know, religions and cultures every single day. And so unless I know that, you know, maybe this family's Christian, then I I would, you know, maybe toss in there like, you know, God's got a plan for you and stuff like that versus, you know, if I know someone that maybe Christian is, you know, Christianity is not their their religion or that they don't believe in God at all. That's, that's not my business to 
to judge or to have an opinion on because at the end of the day, like I'm still going to help them. Um, but as far as, you know, for me, I, I deal with, I do deal with a lot of heavy stuff and I think there's no way I'd be able to get through it without praying and, you know, talking about it with God. And when I do encounter certain families, I really, you know, will end my day with please, please protect that family, you know, Mm. shield that family, you know, shield that individual, shield that baby. Um, because that's, you know, that's at least I try to do at least my part with, with God. Now, I know because because I know you and I know you have a big heart and you love hard. Is it hard for you to leave work at work and not like take it with you? Um, Every day I definitely am like, I just want to take these babies home Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because sometimes it is really hard, but I've, I feel like I've gotten pretty good. um, And that's something that they taught us in our program is, is really you know, splitting the categories in two. Um, so things just like when I, when I leave, I, I change in the bathroom, change my work clothes and change just sweatpants and a sweatshirt so that I can like leave literally everything at work. Mm, I put yeah, in a bag wow. and I toss it in my car. Um, yeah. you know, I, I toss my badge in my bag and, and that's kind of that. I obviously there's some families and cases that I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, and will always kind of carry with me. And, and I, don't ever want that to change because I feel like that will make me and continue to, you know, nourish the kind of social worker that I am, but it is, it is hard, you know, because you, you want to be able to help everyone, but Mm. sometimes it's just not possible. So you do what you can with what you got. So I'm hearing that for you, empathy really guides your practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like a blessing and a curse to have such a big heart and, really love hard, you know, in, in all aspects of my life. And so I've really had to kind of like check myself and realize that it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, a lot of people will try to make it seem like being too empathetic or being too sensitive or, you know, being too sincere is a problem. Um, when in fact, it's the exact opposite to be able to be emotionally in tune with yourself, um, and, you know, have that self-reflection, like capability is a skill. It's not a weakness. Yeah. So Conroy said, I'm in grad school, uh, but I'm in the counseling program and I'm also, um, I have, uh, a lot of empathy in, you know, I'm always in my fields. And so, you know, as I was sitting with my supervisor, you know, as you know, I said to him, like, I wish I didn't feel so big for my clients. And she basically said, like, no, your empathy is going to be your superpower. So, yeah. Yeah, I 1000% agree with her. It really is. And if anyone makes you feel any differently, then they got to go. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out of here. They get the boot. Um, so, you know, with with your caseloads and with your clients, uh, that is heavy stuff. How has mental health and prioritizing your health played in your journey? Um, 
like I said, my grad school was really big on making sure that we also had outlets um, and took the time for ourselves and, you know, created the space for ourselves to feel. Um, and, you know, at my um, social work job, my supervisor is really awesome at, you know, kind of checking in with me and making sure that I'm doing good. Um, but I really, I prioritize the gym like crazy. I cannot not go to the gym. Um, even if it's just for a quick little walk, I just like need to move my body in order to make sure my mind is all right. Um, also spending time with my friends and my family. I, I'm really big on friendships and I keep a very knit group of people kind of in my corner and around me. Um, because I feel like if, if I wouldn't, I'd probably go crazy. (laughs) Um, but you know, there's definitely those days that are way harder than others. I've had my fair share of, you know, really bad mental health periods of my life and, you know, deal with anxiety on a normal basis. Um, so, you know, just, just because I work in mental health, I feel like a lot of people may think that you don't deal with it, but (laughs) I get it pretty bad too. Um, so, but I think just really prioritizing myself and making sure that I, just as much as I make space for others and to help them that I do the same thing for myself. Cause you can't pour from an empty cup. That's so good. Well, I have a question for both of you guys, since you guys are both, I love doing this to Tony because you guys are both kind of in similar fields. Like you mentioned, um, just because you guys are in working in the mental health field or in that capacity, you still have your own struggles, like you're human, right? So what are some tips or practices to kind of get you through a situation? Um, or like maybe like you you have a certain place you go, like what is something that you can share that like, okay, when I sense that I'm feeling a certain way, this is what I do. And I'll have Sai go first. <laughs> okay. Um well, so for me like I said, the gym, I think for me moving my body is is a big one. Um and journaling. Um I also really love going to the beach, so I just go out there and sit. Uh and for me journaling for a while used to be kind of a negative thing. Um and I kind of had to check myself and realize that it's, it's not a, not yet. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. I don't have to journal when I'm only upset. I can also journal when I have good days at work. Um, and so I feel like that's been a, a big one is being able to just jot kind of everything down. Cause when you're writing, or I also do a lot of like video kind of me talking to myself, it, it's just, it's just to me, I don't have to explain what that word means. You know, it, I could say a word that's probably not really even a word. I could write down a word that's misspelled and no one's going to care because it's just me talking to myself. Um, but so, yes, yeah, so I would say journaling and the gym and sleep. You got to get good sleep. <laughs> you cannot lose sleep over, you know, clients and stuff because you're it's it, there's going to be a new day tomorrow where you can try to think of something else. And Tony, what are some tips and practices you use? Um, so for me, I would say supervision's key. Um, like just having a really good supervisor for me to be able to process tough cases with them and um air out my frustrations, 
Uh, not necessarily about my client, but about the system, because it is a flawed system that we work with and work from. Um, and then also just making sure I have solid friends and I'm doing stuff that like benefits me that are nothing that's related to my work. Those are both really good options. I really like what you said there, Sai, about um, you said two things I really liked about the journaling that it doesn't have to be negative to journal. You can journal about good things. I know for myself, I found out like when I journal about good things, sometimes I'm like, it does feel awkward because I'm like, oh, today was a good day. <laughs> but like when it's bad, it's like, you know, I get a right and you got tears coming down on the <laughs> on the paper. But when you're happy, you're like, wait, what yeah. why do you feel like this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also like that you you do like a video. It's almost like a video journal entry for you. And like, you're right. There's words that like it might not be a word, but you know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I love that idea because I think putting the video behind it, like you can see your emotion. You can yeah. feel it and it can almost take you back there. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's definitely, I really got into it last year and, you know, now a year has passed since I've made some of those videos and I watched them and I'm like, girl, <laughs> why, why were you crying like that? Why were you, you know, all these emotions that you were feeling 1000% valid, but it does make me kind of look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm so happy. I'm not in that headspace anymore. Mm, that's so good. Well, I also wanted to talk about your podcast, Letters by Love. So talk to us about what your podcast is about and what made you start it. Um, So Letters by Love is really just a kind of a catch-all podcast, um, mental health, self-love, um, you know, life kind of post-grad, what that looks like, you know, this, this time I'm, I'm 23 right now. And so this kind of age is, is very interesting because I have some friends who are married and having babies and I have some friends who are just not going to college. So I, you know, there's really no exact direction that you're supposed to be going in. And so I really just wanted to talk about it. Um, if you can't tell by now, I love to talk and I never shut up. So it's like, why not talk into a mic and have fun with it? And it's really become something that I have so much fun doing. And you can, you know, hear kind of the excitement in my voice and my giggles when I do my podcast. Um, that is something that I'm really, you know, excited about. But yeah, it's it's really, like I said, just a catch all of everything. And I'm you know, hoping to be able to really just talk about anything that I like and what other people want to hear and kind of see where it takes me. So if you guys actually just stop the podcast right now and go like, <laughs> comment, share, subscribe, her subscribe listen we'll to back. it. We'll be right here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. back. Promise. You know, Promise. We'll, we'll be here. Um, That's so awesome that you have that. You know, and you and I talked about it. What's crazy is that like we talked about one time after work, I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you can have one too. And then it was like maybe a week later, you're like, so I recorded my first episode. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> awesome. So I'm excited. We're going to support you. Um, and when you guys listen to her podcast, it really is for the listener. Like she has her podcast voice on, which is really <laughs> great. I love it. 
and it, it she feel it feels like she's like talking to you like you <laughs> like the individual like it feels very personal i love it yeah i um it's funny because i i've been thinking about it for probably like seven eight months and then when it you know it just happened that you had said that that week and i was like okay that's that's the the fire under my butt that i needed to get this thing going because it, you know, if not now, when there's always going to be stress, there's always going to be something. So I might as well, you know, start it when I luckily get to have the support from everyone um, to, you know, help me out when I need it. In your busiest month of your life, you graduated <laughs> college, like it was, you just went for it. Yeah. You know, because busy is, is my, is my happy time. Busy is my, is my, my happy era. Well, I, I hear a lot of your passions and I can feel it and see it like when you're talking about social work, even if your podcast. But my question is, like, what is your dream? What's your dream job? I have my dream job. I do. I I've never, you know, really been like an entrepreneur or, you know, wanted to 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 never like have a boss or stuff like that. So for for me being in a position where I report to someone who can help me, you know, and guide me to help families more is definitely a big win for me. Um, but also I I get to help people and there's no better job than that. You know, obviously not every day is perfect and I have still so much to learn and, you know, so much to do, but I really could not imagine it any other way. And it really breaks my heart when I, you know, talk to people who are like, oh, they they hate their jobs or they, you know, they can't wait until Friday. And I'm like, I can't wait until Monday. Like I get to, I get to go back. Wow. I get to start my week again and get to see people. And it's funny because my my job currently right now, I'm in I'm a NICU social worker. And so in the NICU, sometimes we have babies that will stay for three days, for three weeks, for three months. And you know, as much as I would love for them to leave and to go home and spend time with their family, it's also such a bittersweet moment because you get to know these people, you get to know their parents, their sisters, their cousins, you know, if the if the kid has any other siblings and you just learn so much about these people that you don't want them to go. And so I always, it's funny, every time I have a family leave, I'm like, in the nicest way possible, I hope to never see you again, <laughs> but I am going to miss you. <laughs> so it's, um, so yeah, I do. I have, I have my dream job amazing well because the, the NICU is designed for them to leave like yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it is man like you don't hear many 23 year olds right yeah. after college say i have my dream job right and you can just tell in your voice you're dead serious oh like, i am it's true that's just so cool and and like you didn't just find a job you found your calling and it's really cool to see that um talk to us about your biggest challenge in life um ooh, i feel like i've had a lot <laughs> it's definitely not been easy to get to where i've been um you know had a had a lot of setbacks and a lot of things to overcome but for me, I would say my biggest challenge was, or, you know, is making sure that I've kind of 
set up my life to, for me to be happy, whether that means, you know, no longer having certain friendships or relationships or not being in the same kind of place, you know, mentally or physically, or, you know, whatever the case may be, not, not being in that same space. So just continuing to grow is probably my biggest challenge. Um, I've, I've, like I said, I made it, I make it very important to me and a really big priority that I have good people in my life. Um, and I've, like I've had the same friend group for 20 years. We all just graduated our masters. We we all made a pact to make sure that we are all pushing each other and stuff like that. And so, you know, you you come across a lot of people as you grow up when you, you know, go to college or when you come back home. And so it's to me, it's really hard having a big heart, you know, saying no to people and not allowing people to come into my space and disrupt my peace or, you know, be a part of of the, my inner circle and kind of the, the, the things that I have going on in my life. Um, and so that that's definitely been a big challenge because I, I, I I said it in my last podcast, I I want you to eat, just not at my table. (laughs) Wow. You know what Tony and I, I think, I think we did one on friendship. Maybe. I'm not sure. We yes. need to. We, yes. we have an armor. Okay. We, we did, did one on friendship and you just did one on, fr- you did, did your podcast on friendship and literally what you, like what you're, what you're saying you have, Sai, I want you to know that is rare to have friends that you've been friends with for yes. 20 years. 20 years. Is rare. And Tony and I actually have similar, like it's really like, I didn't realize it was rare until I went to college and I was like, right. oh, you know, you guys as friends from high school. They're like, no. okay like we have a group of like five and six six of us where like we're still tight like they all got together last weekend obviously i'm i'm here and they facetime me in just to kind of like you know chat and talk and what you have is rare and i love that you have that especially as a female because i know for females and females get together sometimes (laughs) you guys can be friends sometimes you You can be enemies yeah real quick (laughs) frenemies yeah frenemies um, what piece of advice would you give to somebody to, to have those long lasting friends or to, um, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Like how can somebody get like, how do they, I don't know. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give? Cause I have plenty of ideas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, luckily I, I grew up with them, so I feel like it's, it's hard, but I will say as, as much as, I absolutely love them. And I don't even consider them my friends anymore. They're, those are my sisters. Those are my girls. You know, as great as those friendships are, I also have friendships that I've made in the last year that are the same exact, that the, you know, some of those girls are my sisters, you know, in college, kind of the same thing too. You meet people that you just know are, are for lifers, you know, that they're meant to be in your life. And so definitely choose wisely um, because, you know, it's, it's just really important to have good friends in your group, but I would just say, you know, be the kind of friend that you would want to have as a friend. So, you know, whether that means that, you know, you're super straightforward or you're super honest or you're super kind to your friends, whatever the case may be that, that you would want to, to find the same kind of friend. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really what I look for in friends and, um, you know, being in kind of the profession that I'm in and, and as busy as I am, I also really look for friends who are not needy. <laughs> and that's just me personally, but I love having my friends that know 
hey, nothing's wrong. We're good. We're super cool. I can see you in two weeks or three weeks and we're still going to be fine, but I just have a lot going on. And so I need to take that space for me. And when people don't take that personal, I'm like, check, check box, hundred percent. You you're in, um, because it's, it's big for me. I can't, I, I, I can't babysit friendships. <laughs> low, ma- low maintenance, low friends. maintenance friends. That's, that's what I love. So, love that. so talk to us about what you mean by friend. Be, mm. And I say that because I feel like in our culture, friendship has, um, it's so loosely thrown out and, we even talk about that on our episode about friendship. So I'm curious, what do you define as a friend? Um, All my friends have for sure met my family. <laughs> Not everyone gets to meet my parents, my brother, my sister, um, or even my, my other friends that I consider family now. So that's huge. If you have met them and you know who they are, that's how you know that I consider you a good friend of mine. Um, But you know, I definitely agree with it's definitely tossed around loosely. And just because, you know, we follow each other on social media does not mean we're friends. Just because I go out with you does not mean we're friends. If I know that I cannot call you, you know, in, in a moment, you know, when I'm having a moment or know that I could reach out to you if I have something going on and that I know that you could kind of offer me guidance or assistance or help or, you know, your opinion on the matter without making me feel bad then, then that's what I consider a friend. If you can, you know, add to my happiness and to what I've got going on, then I consider you a friend. If you're going to take away from it, then there's, there's not room for you. Hit the door. Wow. <laughs> so I, I think throughout this podcast, what I'm really sitting with is Sai, you are, you are full of wisdom and you have a big heart for people. But you also aren't afraid to set boundaries, which is so beautiful to to just experience. Yes, that the boundaries is my favorite word. <laughs> I say it all the time. I love to set boundaries. I don't care who you are, um, because you know if it's disrupting my peace or you know what I've got going on. Like like I said, it, ha- it really has to go. Like life is just too short, and we are not promised tomorrow. So why would I fill my space with? with BS, you know, like I'm not gonna, I, it just, it just, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You know, Tony and I talked about on our episode about friends about like, I think time has a lot to do with it. Like you said, you've been friends with your friends for a while and that time that like you guys have gone through things, like it's this time that some of your new friends don't have. And it's like, they can still be great friends, but like the time that, you know, you were crying 10 years ago to this, to your friend, or you guys got in an argument, a heated argument. It didn't talk for a week. And then the next week y'all were cool. It's like those things, those little things that just added up, I think also like etches you guys in for like lifetime friendships. I was talking to Tony about that. Cause he, we've been friends for a while and I'm sure you have some of your girls who can like, kind of say something to you that's a little like kind of harsh (laughs) yeah and you're like okay girl i I know you're coming from a great place but if anybody else said this to me (laughs) we would have issues and that's kind of how tony and i's friendship are it's like i can be like bro like what's going on like 
get it together or he could do the same thing to me. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. Cause I know you're coming from a place of love. And that's what I hear from you is that like, you have those friends who can come at you when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're acting out and like, kind of like talk to you in a way that you understand that they're not coming for you. Like, okay, you have my best interest at heart. Yeah. Yeah. 1000%. I'm, I always ask my friends, I'm like, am, am I crazy? Am I, you know, what's going on? Is, does this make sense? Or, you know, am I tripping? And so I, I love when my friends give me feedback and that they, they do it in a sense that, you know, doesn't make me feel bad, especially because I am a very emotional person and I feel what everyone feels. I love that my, my friends really come at it from a, you know, a, a soft approach they're like, hey, you know, Sai, I don't know if this is, you know, right. I don't know. Maybe you want to rethink this, you know, versus some people. I feel like they're they're not really a good friend if they don't say anything. I need friends to, to call me out. <laughs> so last question before we transition. What does it mean to be authentically you? Ooh, um, I feel like it sounds silly just to say just to be me. Like I, I. I don't know. I, um, I'm always going to show up as me, you know, no matter the setting, no matter the friend group, I'm always going to be probably the loudest in the room. I'm always going to be laughing, you know, to where my stomach hurts. I'm always going to cry if someone else is crying. So I think just continuing to be me, you know, like I said, no matter the setting is, is what's authentic to me and just, you know, putting the things that, I love first. And so, you know, my friends, my faith, my family, you know, there's just so many things where they contribute to who I am that I I wouldn't want it any other way. And I feel like if I didn't have them, then that that's what would make me unauthentic. If I said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't need that many friends or I don't, you know, need to rely on my faith or my family, then, then that's when I'd be like, you know, someone could say, what's going on with you? <laughs> You're not acting very yourself. <laughs> Such an amazing answer. Sorry, this has been awesome getting to know you and getting to hear your story and you getting to share it with the people. But it is time for our next segment, which is called Rapid Fire. <laughs> now, this is where we ask you three questions and you're going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't pass go. Don't ask your dog midnight. Don't ask your mom. First thing <laughs> that comes to mind. I'm super scared. Deep. Super deep as well. Oh, ooh, okay. All right. First question is, would you rather never sweat during a workout or never feel sore after a workout? Never feel sore. That was um, quick. <laughs> right. If you could get a tattoo that summed up the last year of your life, what would you get? A teardrop. I, I you're great I, at this rapid fire, by the way. <laughs> you, <laughs> so said, you said quick. No, this you is great. Quick. You're probably the fastest one yet. <laughs> yep. When was the last time you cried? Yesterday. <laughs> Why? Um, you know, sometimes life just hits you a little hard. I I cry a lot though. Like I I could just get in my car and I put my bag the wrong way and it kind of jerks my wrist and I'm like, why did that happen to me today? Like I cry over everything. So, um, but you know, like a real deep cry, probably about two weeks ago, 
Um, like I said, I last year was a really hard year for me and I've, I've cried probably than I more than I ever have in my entire life. And, um, so, but I've really been trying to be better about crying, but I do have to remind myself, you know, feelings demand to be heard. So if I cry now, I can try to, you know, withhold from crying when I'm in the grocery store. <laughs> well, this has been this has been awesome. Um, where can people find you and what do you have going next? Um, well, obviously my, you know, my podcast letters by love is on Spotify and Apple, uh, podcast. Um, it's the, the and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. The same Instagram. Um, side love is my, my personal Instagram. Um, and as far as what's next, um, I'm, I'm kind of figuring it out right now. You know, post-grad life is something that I'll probably be talking about soon as I'm trying to figure it out. But, um, I just, I know I'm not done yet. So he loves learning, loves learning, loves education. So I just, I just love everything. It's it's a good last name to have when you just love everything. Very fitting. That's true. <laughs> Very fitting. So I oh. thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Bro. I, I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> you know her. I know. Like, I I was not joking. I wish that I could just grab a cup of coffee with her. Like, there's so much wisdom, but yeah, she unashamedly will set boundaries with people that don't help her progress. And I wish I knew how to do that. So as a recovering people pleaser, I need her advice. Right. You, when you said that comment, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, she's like doing this at 23 and we're in our 30s still trying to figure that out. So she has a step right. ahead of the game. Right. And like she says in such a way that it's not like she's not mean about it. She just knows her values and nothing will deter. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I really liked um, when she was just talking about, like you, you said, boundaries. I really liked how she she is setting her boundaries. I also liked how she talked about her friends and how she has lifelong friends, kind of like we do and, and how important friendship is. And I think about how much it has impacted us. And I can just see the fruit of her friendships, like as I work. Uh, work with her and then as i like just talk with her i mean you can feel it like oh yeah. the love she has so yeah absolutely another great episode y'all y'all need to listen to her podcast man yes letters by love tune in but y'all know what time it is it's the time of all times it is the friendship quiz and we've been switching it up on y'all where Tony and I are now just learning. It's not a competition anymore. It is a growing opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and growing we're doing. <laughs> so it's the friendship quiz. Let's get into it. So, Tom Rowe, in, in your opinion, what is my greatest strength? What is your greatest strength? Um... I would say your greatest strength 
is I would say your greatest strength has been your your love for your people. And by your people, I mean like the people you care about. Cause like once you care about somebody, it's like you have undoubtedly shown up for people. You call people. You, like I, I talk a lot about when we were in college, how you were the only one calling us and checking in on us. And then when we get together, it'd be all fine. But you were like that glue that kept us together. Yeah. And I see how much you care and love for your family. Um, your you know your your nuclear family with you and your wife and your and your kid but also like how much you care and love your mom and how much care and love you have for your dad despite like whether that is reciprocated or not it's like right. i think that is one thing i really appreciate about you and and uh i think that's one of your greatest qualities thanks man i appreciate that yeah like you said guys we're learning and growing together yes growing progression it's not perfection but it is progression come on now y'all this has been another great episode until next time be authentic in everything that you do peace peace out